Welcome to this podcast brought to you by Agriculture Victoria and Mallee Sustainable Farming through funding from the Victorian Government's 2019-20 Drought Support Package. Always start with the end in mind. It sounds logical enough, but when it comes to applying it to planning for something like your farm business, for many, it sounds like mission impossible. However, Mike Krause from P2P Agri reckons that should not be the case. It does, though, require asking some hard questions and developing a 10-year plan. G'day, I'm Drew Radford, and Mike Krause joins me in the AgVic studio to discuss planning for the future. Mike, thanks for your time. Great to be here, Drew. Mike, your business is consulting, essentially helping primary producers plan for the future. How often, though, do you meet people that don't have a vision at all for where they'll be in 10 years' time? I think it's probably more common than uncommon. And I think it's common because, if you like, with as farmers, we thrust the vision on us. Mum and Dad, have, they got the farm from their parents and now the farm is coming to me and it's almost like I've inherited a vision because my role in the family now is to farm for my 25 or 30 years and then pass this business on to the next generation. So it's almost like their quest is already laid out, which is fine for some because that's what they want to do. For others, it's not fine because they don't want to do that. There might be other slight things that they want to do with the business. They actually might even want to sell out of the business here because it's too dry, I don't get enough rain, I want to sell out here and I want to go to a higher rainfall area so I don't have to worry about this rain anymore and um, they'll sell the land and move on. But if mum and dad don't want that happen, that's a very uncomfortable activity to do. So I think most people don't, but I think there's a lot of power in doing it. You say there's a lot of power in doing it. What's the first step then? Uh, the first step is probably start to dream, start to think about what the possibility is. I know Lucy, my wife, and I do this on an annual basis. We'll book in a B&B somewhere for a weekend, we'll go away and that's our planning weekend and that's what our task is to do. We'll sit back, spend some time reflecting individually on different topics that we might want to plan for and that could be family or it could be business or it could be physical health, mental health, spiritual. You define your own titles and what you want to do and we do it separately and then we'll come back and compare and then we'll go back to our plan and say, okay, how does it sit with that? Are we changing it for the next 12 months or are we just refining it a bit? And then we also give ourselves a bit of a reward because that's a bit of hard work. We'll go out for a meal on the weekend to celebrate that we've done that. So I'd suggest you start that way. The dreaming or the long-term visions are a really good thing, but if you're a primary producer and you're trying to plan for 10 years ahead, I'd imagine you get a lot of primary producers, particularly in Mallee areas or lower rainfall areas, saying, I have trouble planning from one year to the next because I'm at the whim of the weather. You know, look, you're exactly right, Drew. And there's an attitude that says, I think Henry Ford said this, if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. Both ways are right. Yes, that's right. We have no certainty in this world. We don't know what the price is going to be in December. We don't know what yield we're going to pull out of that paddock in December. However, I've been practising this financial planning with farmers for over 25 years. So that's long enough to go back and to see whether it actually works. And I've become a believer it works. Early on in my career, I was 
asked why citrus young citrus grower was taking over the family business to say look mike i want to know where i'm going to be in five years time can we plot ahead so we sat back and looked at each patch and saw what was old and what might be replaced and saw what was young and what was mature so we plotted each patch forward for the next five years and we put what we thought the conservative average prices were in and price and costs and where their assets and liabilities were and then we plan what the next five years were going to be look now i hadn't spoken to him for five years in fact he rang me six years after that and um said g'day mike and i thought oh no because this guy is a typical farmer he'd call a spade a shovel so if i was completely wrong he was going to let me know it with both barrels and he said mike i can't believe it you were so close it wasn't funny so that planning gave him a direction and it gave him uh, I guess a sense of ease that he knew where he was heading and he was then putting in place activities that he needed to do to achieve that plan. So that's one story. Another story was a, uh, this is um, quite a significant farmer in the mid-north. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I was looking at buying a significant parcel of land next door and it was going to be three, three and a half thousand dollars an acre. So it was a lot of money. And he wanted me to come and say, if I bought this land, and we have two years of drought, am I still viable? Because that was his major concern. He wouldn't want to make a decision that was going to be a catastrophe for the business. So we modelled it. And yes, I said, look, it's going to be tight, but I reckon the bank will support you into the third season after two years of drought. Well, guess what happened? He had two years of drought and he survived. So that modelling was really useful from a risk management perspective. And he told me, he said, the biggest benefit was for me is that I bought the land and I could sleep at night because I knew the worst case scenario I was going to be able to pull through. And um, that's another aspect of financial modelling is to know the parameters of good and bad or high or low. You model those so you can see the fluctuations that your business is likely to go through and that's called the risk profile. And you can compare that from business to business whether one business is more risky than another. The scenario analysis and planning is all well and good and crucial, but is it just as crucial to have a third party involved in that process? The answer to that probably lies within the skill base of the operator. So if the farmer is quite skilled in understanding their numbers, they could be skilled in Excel and they could build their Excel spreadsheets to do that. But if you don't have those skill levels all the time, then have a skilled a consultant to come in and work with you to have a look at that. Sitting at the back of all this is probably another fact is the average age of the Australian farmer. And mm-hmm. 10 years from 56, which is the average age, puts, you know, 66, it's not that far down the, the track. And needing a plan would be an issue that's becoming more and more pressing for the multitude of farmers if that's the average age. Look, I, I agree with you, Drew, but to me, having a plan, whether you're 25, 35 or 55, there's still the same need for it. 25, you might be thinking, I've taken over from mum and dad and I'm going to continue to grow this business. At 55, you might be saying, well, I'm thinking of slowing down now. I'm not really, there's a number of seasons I've still got to go, but I don't want to take risks and borrowing a lot more. But my focus might be on succession and say, okay, what does life look like for me in retirement? And what does the business look like when I go to retirement? Can that support me in retirement? And the next generation if they're taking over the farm. So I think the planning is needed in each age group, but the desires and what's looking to be achieved might be slightly different. 
Mike, it's all well and good to have the plan, but I'm guessing it's something you just don't leave sitting on the shelf. It's got to be revisited. How often? No, it's it's a evolutionary thing. It's like succession planning should be done this way too. That you do the plan. If you put it on the shelf and don't look at it again, you don't get any benefit out of that because you don't know how you've progressed against the plan. You don't objectively compare your performances. Are we achieving it or aren't we achieving it? The plan's really there as a, I guess, a benchmark that you come back and I would suggest you at least revisit it annually. Perhaps you could do it quarterly if you had an advisory board set up to oversee uh, developments in the business. But it's there as a measuring stick. That's what your plans to do. If you're putting your goals down, make them measurable. So when you come back and look against your goals, your performance, you can measure where you've got to, whether you're ahead or whether you're behind. That's the same thing with monthly cash flow budgeting. It's the same thing with goal setting. Mike Krause, anybody who's listening to this, what would you like them to take away? What's the key point you'd really like them to take away from this? I guess to me the key point is you can be a master of your own sailing ship. You can, you have the power to decide where your destination is. Grab hold of that opportunity while you've got it and get the skills, put the people around you, put the systems around you to help you to achieve that. If we don't have a goal or a destination, then we never know whether we've arrived at where we intended to when retirement comes. To me, it's one of the gifts of life that we have that ability. Have confidence, step out and do it. It will be risky at times. There's a great acronym for fear called false expectations appearing real. Sometimes you've got to step out and do what uh, is a bit scary, but in the end, you have the ability to sail that boat and to arrive at the destination that you envisaged. Mike Krause, that's a fantastic analogy for helping plan for the future and asking those tough questions to get there in the process. Mike Krause from P2P Agri, thank you for joining me in the AgVic studio. Thanks, Drew. All the best. The information provided in this podcast is of a general nature and may not be wholly appropriate for your purposes or situation. We recommend that you seek appropriate professional advice before implementing actions based on information provided in this podcast.